Hello, welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl, Sandra, ready to recap a Chicago Red Stars victory for you. Chicago Red Stars beat North Carolina Courage 3-1. And there's a ton of stuff to unpack and talk about in this Mother's Day victory that just took place on Sunday. And can't do it alone. Nobody can ever do anything alone. So I am here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the Scam Originator. How you doing tonight, Claire? Doing well. I like playing North Carolina. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Last week, if you guys uh, didn't tune in last week, we did a very uh, quick preview of this match. And Claire, you and I talked a little bit about how... Uh, we love fake rivalries that sometimes people <laughs> like to pit the Red Stars and the Courage against each other in some weird kind of bitter way. But uh, that these are two teams that tend to play each other pretty uh, closely and fiercely and end up uh, being really competitive matches. And they're two teams that I think sort of bring the best out of each other. Uh, and this was, I think, one of those games where it went in the Red Stars' favor and they ended up getting uh, the better of the North Carolina, but I think it was it was a vibe. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, what did you think of the fake rivalry? It, yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, with all due respect to the Utah Royals, I think that Chicago is the team that's done the best of getting into North Carolina's head a little bit. Um, I think that North Carolina knows that they can obviously dominate anybody in the league, but you know, you and I talked to you know their players after that semifinal last year, and they talk about how daunting it is to play Chicago. And I think that, I don't think that that was a factor in uh, Sunday's game, but there is just something there. I mean, you see how frustrated Portland gets with North Carolina and you see how frustrated Chicago gets with Portland, but Chicago, North Carolina from those big three is always just a real wide open fun match, except when Chicago bunkers, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, definitely different from the first week, and we're and we're gonna get into that uh, for sure. But good stuff, just to set the the table for everybody here. Game took place on Sunday. It was a Mother's Day matchup, a 5 p.m. kickoff. Uh, not as beautiful as of a day as it was today. Uh, we're recording this a couple days uh, after, uh, but still, still good vibes uh, all around. Uh, as far as the starting lineup for the Chicago Red Stars, uh, it was as follows. Big, a lot of talk about this player, and she got this uh, starting net, uh, Emily Boyd. And you had uh, Casey Short, and then you had Katie Naughton, Sarah Gordon, Aaron Wright lining up the back line, Danny Colaprico, Nikki Stanton, Michelle Vasconcella, Steve Bernardo, Nagasato and Kerr rounding out the 11. Uh, and for North Carolina, I'm going to jump into their lineup as well because it was a big deal made about how there were certain national team players missing for both these teams. So for the Courage, they had Roland in net with Steph LeBay off on uh, Canadian international duty. Jalen Hinkle, Abiersik, Carly Roccaro sliding into center back, uh, Mayor Mathias, uh, Kristen Hamilton, McCall Zerboni, Denise O'Sullivan, Davinia, Claire's girl getting the start. And then <laughs> Lynn she, Williams. Was the, she was their best player. I'll just start she with was that. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Lynn Williams, <laughs> and Lynn Williams and Julia Spetsmark uh, ended up rounding out the eleven. For, for North Carolina. So on um, initial impressions of these starting lineups, Claire, what'd you think? Um, pretty much what we expected, right? I mean, Katie Johnson was out on the red card suspension and then obviously Alyssa Motts uh, had a season ending, ending injury this week. And obviously we wish her a speedy recovery. And I know that that was weighing on the minds of the team as well. So Nikki Stanton slotted in to kind of be the, 
you know, the the bone cruncher in the midfield. Um, uh, De- Vanessa DiBernardo lining up in the 10 spot uh, isn't new, but is new, you know, what, in the past year or so? Um, and then uh, on North Carolina's side, the most interesting thing is Kari Ricaro starting at center back um, instead of Kaylee Kurtz, who, as far as we know, got benched after not playing very well against Sky Blue the prior week. So it definitely seemed like um, North Carolina's back line was a little bit tenuous. And then also Caitlin Rowland, who's been hurt, uh, having to fill in because Steph LeBay has left to go play for Canada. So I think that that's a, the outside backs obviously are intact, but that's a pretty weak middle, you know, triangle of that North Carolina defense that was lining up against Chicago. Yeah, I think um, something of interest to me was heading into this into this match. You had the North Carolina courage. For me, my perception again, this is maybe just totally my view. Someone else could totally have a different view, but for me, the perception was that. Carolina was coming into Chicago and was likely going to be coming away with a result. Uh, the impression that I got after the Red, after the Red right. Stars performance against the Utah Royals was there were maybe some pundits out there who thought that it was going to be Chicago maybe having to fight for some points on their own uh, pitch, which I thought was pretty interesting considering both these teams were coming in a little bit shorthanded and going through some things um but i think we saw from the jump um despite the midfield situation going on for for the courage right now uh, a pretty fun well like we've talked about a few times fun and, and competitive match between these two teams i mean from the jump from the jump here uh, you had the courage almost you know they were looking threatening with the Vina, with these two opportunities very early yeah. in this match, I right. believe it was in the back to back, like in the eighth and the ninth minute, yep. uh, where she just was testing Emily Boyd right away. Yeah, she has she got a block shot in the sixth, uh, an attempt at the eighth, and then a miss on the ninth. So yeah, so she was right in there. You, you know, and Dabinia, <laughs> I it was a little bit. Uh, unsurprising for me personally watching this game because Davinia is no stranger to having a big moment in Bridgeview <laughs> against right. the Red Stars. I mean, she's got on her highlight reel uh, a rocket on Alyssa Nair yep. in, in Bridgeview. So she's, I was like, gonna, I was completely unsurprised to see. I was like, oh, so this, this might happen again today. Um, but there, the center back duo of, Sarah Gordon and Katie Naughton, I thought, did a really good job of trying to help neutralize the attack there really, really early on because the momentum shift that took place probably within the first just 15 minutes of this match was palpable. In the 13th minute, you had Yuki Nagasato, that international connection, find Sam Kerr on the seam and the threat of ball through and... Sam Kerr, it wasn't like this crazy powerful shot, but there was so much spin on it yeah. behind this this shot of hers that Roland ended up get, getting a touch on it, but it just sort of ended up going back through the end of the net, just bobbling its way. And it was a really cool goal, opening goal to sort of uh, see take place. And yeah. um, I have to preface this goal, of course, 
was started mm-hmm. by Vanessa DiBernardo. Yep. No, it's it's pretty that that goal was pretty funny in a couple of a couple of ways because the two passes were beautiful. DiBernardo to Nagasato and then Nagasato to Kerr. Um, the shot was not very good. Uh, Kerr in the last couple of weeks has had some trouble with breakaways, just shooting it right at the keeper, and she kind of did that again. She kept it low, which was good. Um, I thought that that goal was two things. Um, some pretty poor goalkeeping from Caitlin Rowland, quite honestly. And uh, so the last two home games, Chicago has started the game in front of that goal, defending that goal. And it really seems like condition-wise, that is a tough goal to start. That's a tough goal to defend starting the match. And so it actually seemed like maybe in this instance, finally, the weather kind of worked in Chicago's favor to get that ball to skid under um, and, and get that get that opening goal. And I'm, I'm looking at the stats, and we were talking about this before we recorded because the stats makes they, in a way... They make so little sense. Chicago had a 100% conversion rate on their shots on target, which <laughs> yes, is insane. Is. That's insane. <laughs> so, so like we're looking, if you look at the shot summary, you see a bunch of stuff on North Carolina's side, and then you just see goal, Sam Kerr, and then goal, you know, and, and we know what happened in, in the 40th, yeah. but the two shots that Chicago had in the first half both resulted in goals. Okay. 100% conversion rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was because <laughs> it was – that first half, and uh, we'll get into some post game stuff. But even Rory Dames, I believe in his post game on record, uh, spoke a little about a bit about that how they had to challenge the team uh, in the halftime going into the second half, uh, just because they sort of felt that maybe despite getting that goal early on, uh, those two goals into the into the half, that even with the scoreline, the level of play maybe wasn't you know up to par as far as uh, Carolina and just sort of the chances that they were creating and having those uh, off the post shots and stuff like that. Um, but the sort of build from this first initial goal, right. From Sam Kerr in the 13th minute, and then having to still sort of witness and fend off this courage team. Uh, yeah. They came right back. They came, they came, they came right, they came right back. Uh, over the course of the next 20 minutes, uh, there was a lot of back and forth. The courage, uh, still trying to sort of get through on the back line. Uh, Abby Irsig had a attempt to go off the post. It honestly looked like it was going right in. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen Hamilton was also uh, very effective at finding some time and some space there. Uh, but it wasn't until the 33rd minute where uh, the weird combination, I think, of uh, just some not great set piece, you know, yep. defending and clearance uh, ended up being where this corner kick, I believe it was, got sent in, wasn't, you know, the best clearance. And it ended up, uh, possession ended up being retained by, by Mayor Matthias, who's a, a great outside back. And she ended up whipping this ball in, and, and Lynn, it was a combination of a great service in and Lynn Williams being in a great, great position to just get this touch on it. And all of a sudden, uh, these two teams were, were equalized. Yeah, and- it, was, it was definitely some missed marking on Chicago's standpoint. And their set-piece defending was pretty poor um, throughout the match. But it, that was that – was, so the momentum shifts in the first half were, were kind of odd because as, as you can – as we've kind of alluded to, some of Chicago's – 
offensive firepower didn't necessarily come out of nowhere, but it was quick. Um, and then there was this one space of time in which the Courage got that equalizer where they started getting those waves in that they do, just those, those attacking waves where they're running in, they're putting crosses in. They got a ton of crosses throughout this game um, that Chicago was doing well to defend out to corners or to throw-ins, but they weren't able to really retain possession afterwards. And then after those poor clearances, a lot of times the ball would just get sent back in by either their defensive mid, the Courage's defensive midfield or their outside backs. Um, and so Williams was, was not marked well, but she, that was an incredibly athletic finish. It was very good. Yeah, it was an, imp- an impressive goal by an impressive team. And again, it was just one of those like unsurprising goals. And I think the... The worry when you're playing a team like North Carolina is when they score on you and then having to sort of fend off these runs because they just come at you in these right. waves. And we've talked about it on this uh, show and coaches have gone on record about it. Um, I think you, I mean, you should be credited with this, Perry. I think you put it the best way where it's like you're playing the courage and you said it's like you're almost playing like down like in a 2-1 leg, right? right? Already, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. already playing, playing uh-huh. behind. So the, having that equalizer happen, it's like you could feel this sort of uh, momentum shift. But the Red Stars, honestly, you know, being led by this fierce combo of, of Di Bernardo and Sam Kerr, just sort of, I think, seeing a little bit of refusal to lose this game. Di Bernardo <laughs> is not Carolina. afraid of them. She was incredible this whole game. The way that yeah. she controlled that midfield. Uh, Di Bernardo out there going a full 90 yeah. for club was was huge. And she didn't uh, she wasn't on the score sheet, obviously, as far as the goals and the assists. But her setting up her teammates and being able to be that presence within the midfield without a player like Julie Ertz or without a Morgan Bryan who has the ability to sort of settle things down for this type of team is is huge. And we've said it multiple times um, when Vanessa Di Bernardo isn't in that midfield, it feels like something is missing. Um, and when you're going up against a team like the Courage, even if they were missing some players, like the Red Stars were missing some players, it was still very, very significant to have her go that full 90 and just captaining this team through this type of match. Because Right before the half, you had this sequence where the midfield was able to, you know, find Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr was able to find Michelle Vasconcelos, who had a crazy good weekend, talking Mm -hmm. about a birthday, happy belated, and a Mother's Day. And in the 40th minute, she slots home this goal between, like, four Courage players. And it was another one of these goals that got past uh, Roland, and you were just kind of like, whoa, did that just happen? Yeah, Um yeah, that, I, I believe that goal is was technically unassisted, but it was another one that was clearly set up by Chicago's connecting play. I think it was Kerr who's headed the ball over to Vasconcelos, who, oh my gosh, all credit to her, you're looking at that and you think she's got nothing. There were three Courage defenders in front of her. Um, but obviously she's at the, she's at the point now where she feels calm and confident enough that she just wants to try some stuff. And she just tried it. It was a little bit of an audacious move, but man, yeah, it it was it was great. I mean, yes, it, it probably goalkeeper should have gotten that, but it was by the post. It was low to the ground, and I'm not sure that um, I'm sure Roland thought that her defenders had it covered to a certain extent, 
wasn't expecting it to kind of shoot through. And yeah, Chicago went up 2-1. And, you know, we talked about this in the Portland game about the mentality of not freaking out when you concede. And I think this was another example of Chicago still being willing to try some stuff, even though the courage were trying to get control of the game again. Absolutely. Because even though they had gone, the rest has went up 2-1 on this goal by Michelle Vasconcelos, you had the courage come right back and try to equalize this thing into the ha- into the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Um, they came right back and again conceded some some uh, corner a corner kick here and courage were able to retain possession there in Chicago's final third and there was this sequence of corner kicks <laughs> crazy. to end out the half yeah to end out the first half and apparently Sam Kerr is also a crazy good defender because she had a goal line clearance uh heading into halftime and sam kerr for people who weren't able to watch this game or might have missed this for whatever reason but she took a boot to the head mm-hmm. on one of those first very quick sequences by by aaron wright uh, completely, you know, accidental friendly fire took a cleat to the head and for whatever by whatever miracle, still had the complete presence of mind to stay on her feet and get this clearance. And once it was absolutely cleared, decided to just lay down and die. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was incredible. Cause you, if on the replay, you can see that you can see that she, it it feels bad. She feels bad. So she kind of drifts back to the goal line, kind of puts her hands on her legs, just watching the play, like taking herself out of the play. Um, but still obviously being an active observer of it. Um, the ball kind of lofts over to her. She sticks her leg in the air, clears it away out of bounds, and then immediately hands to the head, rolls backwards onto the ground. <laughs> yeah. She was like, okay, I can do this now. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, uh, obviously once she sat up and you saw her smiling and laughing yeah. and the trainers and, and Aaron Wright coming over and sort of having a laugh with her, like you felt much better after that, you know, in the moment. But in the moment, it was like, wait a minute, what what just happened? But it was that type of moment, that collaborative defensive effort uh, kept the Red Stars up going into halftime uh, to 2-1. And I think having that momentum going into the half, out of a first half that had such huge momentum swings, was really, really big because coming into this second half, it was almost like the Red Star sort of, picked up where they left off with that energy from the first half. Yeah, Vasconcelos got, almost got her second in within, what, the first four minutes of the second half? Yeah, so the uh, it looks like, I believe it was a post shot, it and was, then she yeah. almost got a toe on it when it ricocheted off the post. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, there's a four-second difference between her hitting the woodwork and her official miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was this really cool moment. Again, just a really... A, a great find, you know what I mean? The, the the connecting play was something really to behold again in this match, and it, it's it's something that has a very special feeling behind it because we're watching these games unfold for these Red Stars, and they're these multi-goal games, and uh, it's happening because of the connecting play uh, between these uh, between these offensive players, and it's really cool to see that apparently. For the this Red Star team in 2019, that no matter which offensive player you're slotting in there, 
they're going to have an impact uh, because Mich- up until this point, Michelle Vasconcelos has has been a player who has been coming off of the bench for the Red Stars, has been sort of viewed as a, a bit of an impact sub, and due to that red card suspension for Katie Johnson, she missed this uh, game, and then the unfortunate um, season-ending injury to Alyssa Motts, it, it forces you know the coaching staff to, to make that kind of change, and with a player like Vasconcello sort of contributing how she was contributing those first prior weeks, you kind of felt like this is going to be her first start. And it ended up being her first start. And, and she had this type of game, I think was really, really huge and really great to see for this Red Stars team as they're sort of, you know, saying goodbye to these players who are going to be gone in this right. stretch. Well, Rory talked about Rory. Rory talked about this a little bit. Um, I think after the, Portland game um he was he was asked a couple of questions about the World Cup and whatnot and and the thing that he said that I think is true I don't think this is like spin I think this is absolutely true is we all remember what Chicago's depth had to go through last year uh with you know half the starting lineup out in you know some some long-term injuries um the difference between Chicago's depth players and everyone else's in this World Cup break is that like Chicago was playing like there was a world cup for half of the season last year. And so there's a difference in, and and this actually, this is relevant to North Carolina in that it's really great to see your starters do this thing and buy into the coaching and, you know, follow through on this execution from the bench, but doing it yourself is a little bit different. And Chicago has no, learning curve there they've already done it they've already done this last year so you look at Sarah Gordon or Nikki Stanton or you know Michelle Vasconcelos they know their roles and not only do they know their roles they've done them before and so you just you saw that especially throughout the second half where they obviously had to hold on to that lead that 2-1 lead for almost the entirety of, of the second half and they just they played like they knew exactly what they had to do and North Carolina kind of played like they didn't know how to answer and that was so cool to see from you know we obviously think so highly of all 20 players on this squad and it just comes down to you know the club philosophy and how that's going to be executed in the next couple of weeks. And it seems like it's in really good hands. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, seeing Vasconcelos have the type of game that she had uh, on Sunday, again, uh, was huge and absolutely promising. I think that, um, and maybe this is a shortcoming on us as you know, members of the media who cover this league and this sport, but the sort of lack of attention that pertains to the struggle for mothers in this league yep. who come back after a pregnancy and the difficulties in doing that. Right. And uh, kudos to her for just sort of putting together a really promising season uh, so far. And she went 66 minutes in her first start um, this season against a, a great, great team. And we also got to see the debut of another Red Stars player. And Michelle, Vas- uh, Michelle Vasconcello subbed off in the 66th minute for Maria Sanchez. Hey. Uh, 
what up dab on it maria and she did man yeah uh, maria sanchez stepped into this game and she got about 25 minutes uh, under her belt uh in this game and we got to see some really cool stuff uh some stuff that she can ball maria sanchez is uh has got some tactical moves uh-huh. and, uh turns out Red Stars may have picked themselves up a, a pretty special player, and I think that they know that and they're aware of that. Um, Rory Dames in uh, some of his post-game comments um, about Maria Sanchez, I think, pretty much um, say it all in the post in the post-game mix zone. Sort of asked him about uh, Maria and her first uh, minutes and her getting her first time, um, you know, against a team like North Carolina and. Dames essentially said that, that she was great. Uh, he made a reference to her trainings, um, that she has had some incredibly good trainings and that she's gotten better week to week. Um, but he was also uh, he also mentioned and was very honest about the fact that there were maybe some defensive issues that they saw there. Uh, the coaching staff wanted her to work on and they are currently challenging her through. And it was for that reason that they wanted to to sort of be selective I believe it was a verb she used they wanted to be selective about when they gave her her first uh, minutes so that she could be able to sort of navigate and find her way um, but I really what I really liked out of his uh, mix zone statements about Maria Sanchez was that he said it was just a glimpse <laughs> yep he said y'all don't even know yeah he said it was just a glimpse that that was just a glimpse of the stuff that Maria is capable of and that they see every day in training. So that he and he just expressed that he was very happy uh, for her, and that she got her first minutes, and that she's likely going to be playing a bigger role for the Red Stars uh, down the stretch in this next uh, six to eight weeks. Um, and you know, Maria Sanchez stopped for a little bit um, and talked very, very briefly uh, with us. She was very excited about her first minutes. She said it was unreal. Um, she couldn't believe that her first uh, professional game is soccer player and then going out there to beat uh, being a part of a you know a win and beating North Carolina was really really awesome and she just emphasized how happy she was to to be a Chicago Red Star um, but recently on Twitter the Red Stars actually got some really good footage of some of the stuff that we were able to see uh, via the press box uh, on the on the left side of the flank there and some of the end line playing that she was uh, bringing to this match. So she ended up sort of uh, winning a couple corners uh, for the Chicago Red Stars there and basically putting on the, the flicks and the flash uh, on McCall's her bony of yeah. all people no, uh, it, in this match. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the, the only thing I really have to add to that is um, so basically her footwork is amazing. Her first touch, she didn't get a ton of touches in the game, but wow, her first touch is incredible. Um, and she's so she's so quick on the ball that she duped multiple North Carolina defenders and midfielders. And even when she wasn't able to get around them, she was able to get them to deflect out of bounds. So she was always retaining possession. It seemed like to me that the final piece was just maybe that final pass after getting around. So the footwork was it was incredible, and then I th- would think probably just with more experience and game time, once she perfects that final pass with the left foot, that's some dangerous business right there. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, we sort sort of started to see uh, what a player like Maria Sanchez could possibly bring to a team like the Red Stars. It's I think something that uh, hasn't 
really sort of existed up until very, very, very recently with maybe a player like Yuki Nagasato. So really excited for her, and I'm glad that she got her first uh, pro minutes uh, as a sub coming in at the 66th minute there. And then, you know, courage were the courage, right? And towards the end of the match there, they started coming back on. Um, you had a few moments there where there were a few misses from Dabinia, Lynn Williams, um, trying to find that uh, that equalizer. So North Carolina, similar to the Red Stars, always a competitive match. They were pushing for a result of their own, and you saw the Red Stars sort of try to be able to press that back, and Emily Boyd Dude. ended up coming up with a huge, huge reaction. Man. Talk about that. Boyd uh, had a good match. Like a good, good match. I think it was John Halloran and I were just chatting right after the game. And what he said, which is true, is just like she doesn't make mistakes. She's a young goalkeeper and she's a smart goalkeeper. Yep. And I think that that is incredible. And I think that, I think Claire, you had mentioned, uh, I think it wasn't about the, the last match when we were talking about the Utah game about this sort of um, what we're seeing out of the rest stars right now, kind of defensively um, these sort of runs that they're making and this sort of collapsing that they do right. in moments, you know, blocked. And, they love to block shots with their bodies. Yeah, it happens. So it's like seeing, <laughs> seeing this sort of flurry, this little bit of chaos happening in the box, you know, part of a big part of that was due to some of the defensive marking or mm-hmm. like the hub. And then, it forced Emily Boyd into this sort of reaction save, and oh my God, she made it. And who knows, if, you know, if it was a different goalkeeper in there, if it would have, if that save would have happened or yeah. not. But it was a huge, huge save to keep Chicago up to one. Because if you know, you got to imagine if Carolina scores there, it's a much different tone, right? Uh, in the final 15 minutes, and final sub uh, of the match for the Red Stars ended up being. Um, Brooke Elby coming on, and also Genesis Chesney. I keep wanting to say it's a Chesney, bro. <laughs> I keep wanting to say that hard Chicago. I know Polish like ch on there. It's Jenna Chesney, y'all. Yeah, shout out, shout out too, because that's her Twitter bio. <laughs> that's her. She's letting y'all know in yeah. her Twitter bio that it's Chesney, guys. Like, yeah. trying to help us all out. But uh, Chesney came on in the stoppage time for Vanessa Romano, and then prior to that, in the 75th minute, Brooke Elby came on for for Yuki Nagasato, which was a sub I liked. Because we got to protect Yugi Nagasato at all costs. Absolutely, <laughs> and and it was it was cool to sort of see her get that uh fifth, that seventy fifth minute sub for uh, and then for Ibernado to go the full ninety. Man, so, Elby wants to score again. <laughs> man, Brooke Elby came on this pitch and she was like, "This is about to be over." Yeah, she's like, wow. <laughs> and then the post was like, "Nope, <laughs> <laughs> Brooke Elby striker." <laughs> y'all thought y'all thought she was a defender. Remember when? <laughs> remember when the Red Stars traded? For for Bergelby and she came here as defensive depth and then uh, she was like, just kidding guys, I'm gonna be a scorer. Yep, yep. That was good stuff. It was it was a great it was another great moment in this match um, that just brought a lot of enthusiasm, a, a really good vibe in the crowd. Uh, having that go off the post, both of these teams hit the post twice in this match. It was like just one of those games, man, and it was just so wild. But uh, Sam Kerr had the final say on this day for Mother's Day, and in 90 minutes of stoppage time, um, with a weird bit of a 
deflected pass, right, from Vanessa D. Vanessa D. Bernardo. Yeah, it was off the head of a Courage player. I don't know who it was. Yeah, so it was like this weird deflected uh, pass from D. Bernardo. Uh, found Sam Kerr into space, and she put on the Jets and uh, got past Ricaro and uh, got past Ursag and got past Roland, and that was all she wrote, and that was the third match, and it was a hell of a dunk. It was a way yep, to end up yep. the game. It was Sam Kerr's uh, last uh, home match before she goes off to the World Cup. Uh, she will be with the Red Stars uh, in Houston, but this was the last time for the home fans, and uh, people have been waiting for it, and she blessed everybody with a backflip, and it was amazing. I think even more amazing than the actual backflip itself was the reaction of her teammates on the pitch. They just went ape shit when they saw that. That yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it, everybody had time. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, it definitely that that I mean that goal was awesome. Um, it was a dunk. Dude. It was a dunk. dunk. She, she was like whacked dunk. it in there, man. And Blouses. and it was. It, it goes back to what I was saying with the first goal, which is um, it's so Sam Kerr for Chicago right now, like you go even back to the rain game where she got stuffed a bunch of times, but she still did every single thing asked of her and, and made it able, made it uh, possible for teammates to score. Um, but for her, like her personal season, she was going through a bit of a dry spell and kind of like that first goal, her one-on-ones, she was, wasn't putting them right where they needed to be. She was making a little, them a little bit easy to save. I think Lydia Williams got in her head a little bit. Um, and then obviously the Utah game just went poorly. Uh, and so I think for her, that was a punctuation on just how she was feeling. Um, whether, you know, I think she even said in the post game, and we have a little bit of audio of that about, she was worried that maybe she was falling out of form, uh, because she wasn't scoring on, on those, uh, chances that she was creating. And so it was all of this energy of Sam Kerr, you know, dunking it in the back of the net, beating North Carolina three to one at home right before she leaves for France. Um, it was a victory in many ways that moment. And it was incredibly cool to see. And yeah, I think that if there was ever a moment that warranted uh, the flip, it was that one. Sam Kerr doing it for the mamas. It was good stuff. Uh, honestly, just a fun, competitive match to watch. Felt like a really good team win. Uh, we talked a lot about all of the players that participated in this match a little bit off mic before we hopped on here and started to do the whole pod thing. And to be quite honest, it looked like everybody really came together and sort of pulled their weight. So yeah, I mean, you could say one nice thing about every single player like one very specific good thing casey short amazing oh my god her against hankel incredible against hankel casey short hamilton casey short against williams there was a moment of time there uh if you look back earlier in the first half where lynn williams could not get anything on casey short so there was a bit of a switch there and uh, I think that's ultimately what ended up leading to that <laughs> that goal. Cause she was yep. like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to score on Casey Short. I got to switch it up. Uh, and then I think it was like her and Hamilton um, at one point. But uh, just like, yeah, Casey Short with another amazing defensive performance. Um, Nikki Stanton coming in, I thought, had a she fantastic performance. did great. Uh, Nikki yeah. Stanton came in and just really kind of grunged it up uh, yep, for yep. everybody. 
I think there were these really cool moments, <laughs> these really great moments of where she had these amazing, they weren't just like sliding tackles. They were like full on <laughs> diving, sliding tackle, uh-huh. full on sweeps. Yep. Like she just was like WrestleMania up yep. in that like midfield. It was great. Yeah, she oh. she's so good at doing exactly what's asked of her. And you know, you've said you talked about this last year. Nikki Stanton is someone that you know when the full team is available might not see a ton of time, but in a game like this one, when she's asked to do exactly that, she's amazing at it. Um, the one other specific thing I want to shout out to Sarah Gordon um, is. Uh, when Chicago is on offensive set pieces, they get Katie Naughton up in there because she's one of their big and talls. Yeah. Um, so Sarah Gordon is the one who has to sit back and cover a lot of ground on the counter. And she did an amazing job at that on Sunday. That was very cool. Sarah Gordon, also a mother, uh-huh. covers a lot of ground. She does. She could do that thing. I mean, I think people forget about uh, you know, the fact that She's sliding in there at center back at the moment, but it's in the name of Tuna Davidson and, and sometimes Julie Ertz. Right. And those are huge, huge roles uh, to fill. And uh, Sarah Gordon's out there uh, doing the damn thing. So that was uh, great to see. But yeah, just again, this, this was the type of match it was where you look at these players and you look at these game stats and each of them um, brought something just so concrete to help seal up and tie a pretty little bow on this win and it was just great to watch it was great uh i think for the 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 fans that came out uh, i believe the attendance was just a little over 2000 for that day and it was a it was a good vibe and it was a type of vibe where people were just like really uh really into it i i i want to shout out uh (laughs) any single fan that kept screaming uh, at the fouls on the mothers. <laughs> Anytime Michelle Vasconcelos got fouled, you heard, it's Mother's Day! <laughs> or, like, someone was like, you're just gonna do that on Mother's Day? And, like, that's sort of, like, low-key what I love. Like, you kind of lose that in a place like, I don't know, Portland, when there's, like, 15,000 people. But when right. you're and there's, like, 3K in the stands, you're gonna hear that, uh, even all the way from the press box. So, uh, shout-out to any of the vans who were doing that. They were bringing it. It was, it was, uh, it was great. So, uh, a lot of good vibes uh, going on there. We're going to have um, some post-game audio for you stuff at the end of this uh, episode from Sam Kerr, who, again, had a phenomenal game uh, both on offense and defense. She was announced as the NWSL Player of the Week uh, due to her outstanding performance. And getting Sam Kerr in the mix zone after one is uh, always a good time. So hopefully you guys uh, listen to the end of this episode and enjoy that. Um, before we close this out, we're going to try to preview this next matchup really, really quickly. Yes. Uh, they're going on the road. They're going to Texas. Uh, last game for Sam Kerr before she's going off on uh, World Cup duty with the Matildas um, as their captain. And kind of hot in Houston. A little yeah. toasty. Yeah. A little toasty might be something that they, they have to, to worry with. I don't know. Um, Red, Red Stars, I feel like, have been used to been playing in some uh, some more tempered weather, so I don't know if that's going to be a thing for them. You think that's going to be, like, a thing for them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, weather-wise, it's hard to tell. It's been so gross here that I don't know exactly what Houston's been dealing with. I mean, the big thing for this match that sticks out in my mind, and I'm sure it's on yours as well, this is going to be the first time Chicago plays Sofia Huerta Nobody's as a member thinking of the Houston of Dash. Nobody is thinking of that at all. <laughs> that's fake. <laughs> It is none of, of no importance. Uh-huh. Not important at all. It's not like Sofia Huerta is out there playing uninspired soccer for the Houston Dash. Yo! What are you talking about? What are you talking about? 
Um, Sofia Huerta is literally going to be the main reason why I'm watching this match on my father's birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's the Chicago Red Sox have a game on my dad's birthday, and I'm like, wow, how am I going to make this work? And then I was like, you know what? Sofia Huerta is going to be in this game, playing against Chicago Red Stars. Probably got to try to watch this game. Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, I think that the Houston Dash have had a phenomenal series of games thanks to someone specifically called Rachel Daly. Yeah, and I've heard she's she not, not going to be there. Yeah, I've heard she's not going to be available. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that's going to look for them. I think that... Yeah. Uh, Sophia is going to want to score, though. I think you talk about unmotivated soccer. There might be some motivation there. This is going to be this is going to be the game that Sofia Huerta snaps off, uh-huh. and I'm here for it, yep. low key. Oh yeah, I want to see it. Absolutely, like, it's gonna be so good. Oh yeah, we're we're Huerta fans here. Absolutely, it's so good. So I uh, I if it's I don't know if she's gonna get the start on the wing. Like I'm saying, like I don't know what's gonna happen. Like with a player like like Daily, I like I don't know what Houston's gonna roll out there with. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, as far as like, so is that also kind of leads me to like, I'm not too sure like what the score prediction can kind of look like here. Uh, I think there's a chance where it could be kind of lopsided, but maybe there's a chance where it's like not. Like maybe where it's a chance where it's like a one-one draw. Right. It's it's hard to tell. You know what? The hard thing for me is we all saw how poorly Chicago played against Utah, right? So yeah, it could be like that. They could just kind of not show up. It seems like right now Chicago really enjoys punching above their weight and is having a little bit of a harder time, you know, punching below it. But Chicago has uh, the rest of us have gotten themselves some wins. Mm-hmm. They've gotten themselves some draws. They've gotten themselves a loss, and they have not gotten a win on the road yet. So true. Um, that's something that they gotta try to test themselves on and see if they can make that happen. Um, but they got to get their Sofia Huerta, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Where does the boss? So I don't know what's going to happen. But it's going to well, be it's going to be spicy down in Houston. I I mean, it's always fun to see these kind of games because you hear so much about these players talking about um, how deep their friendships run off of the pitch. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, when they're on the pitch, they're these fierce, fierce competitors. And then when the match is over, it's immediately like hugs and dap. You know what I mean? So it's uh, <laughs> yep. it's a uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a good vibe. I, I'll just ask you who you think um, should who you want to have a, a big uh, impact on this game and who you think might be like an unsung hero for this match. Um, hmm. I would say I would like to see. So they're not gonna have daily, so there's gonna be less pressure on the wings. But I would like to see as a collective Chicago's defense deal with. Oh, hi in Huerta and get a shutout. I think that's what I would like to see the rest of it. I think will kind of fall into place. Um, I don't think Houston's as good without Sophie Schmidt in the midfield. Uh, Cause she's out for international duty. So I think, yeah, I would like to see maybe Sarah Gordon. Maybe that's like the, the center back tandem, something nice and sturdy, no conceding. Yeah. Sarah Gordon's going to be the unsung hero uh-huh. of this match. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I, I would. I mean, I'm selfish. I would like to see another really stellar performance out of Sam Kerr before she heads off to the World Cup. We'll totally. see. We'll see what happens for her and for Chicago. For her and Chicago, right? Uh, and I would also 
Um, like to see something cool out of Katie Johnson. It'll be her game back after serving a suspension. Um, oh my God, man! Sophia Worth is gonna get this ball from like 25 yards out, just shoot a rocket, isn't mm-hmm. she? I'm it's just gonna be about a big it. one. It's gonna be a big one. Yeah, I was so, gonna say uh, maybe we should also say Emily Boyd because heaven help yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's good. It's gonna it's gonna be good stuff. Uh, all kinds of good stuff always here in the Southside Chat Podcast. Claire, where can the good people find you and your work? Yes, uh, I am also frequently on the Equalizer podcast, uh, you know, like and subscribe. Uh, I do recaps for Hot Time in Old Town, um, and I write for the Equalizer uh, on occasion, and you can find all of that and everything else on my Twitter, which is uh, Scout Ripley, which is also the name of my musical project. You guys should follow and support Scout Ripley. They make good music. Claire Scott Ripley. They're awesome. If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you could do that on Twitter at Sandrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. If you want to find my work, you can find it in all kinds of places. You can find it at secondcitysoccer.com. You can find previews on Hot Time and Old Town. And you can find it really mostly here on Southside Chat Podcast. That's where I save all my good content. This is for here. So if you don't follow anything else, if you don't follow Claire, if you don't follow me, if you don't read our work, you should continue your support of the Southside Trap podcast. The podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and uh, find us, give us a like, maybe subscribe. So you make sure you get the episodes in time. Uh, leave us a like, leave us a review. We appreciate all that stuff. It's getting nice out. Everybody have a good weekend. And we'll be back with you next week with another recap. getting a bit scared there that I was dropping out of form um, but I kind of owed that one to my teammates missed a few sitters um, the last two games but look it's nice to get the win um, at home and that puts us in a, a good position and um, personally it's always nice to score goals so yeah it was good to win. Last year you were kind of rough on yourself as far as your distribution and trying to link up with your teammates uh, this year looking a little more uh, sharper a little different finding your teammates uh, near the balls there. Yeah, I guess at the start of the year it was a bit frustrating. Obviously, I was new here. People didn't know me. I didn't know them. And I feel like this year I came in and, you know, I had all of last year, so I felt better. But, um, yeah, for some reason, I don't know, our team just feels better this year. And, um, we're linking really well and um, everyone's fit, thank God, And um, other than Motsi. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I guess that extra year just helps a lot playing together, training together. Uh, last week against Utah with the red card given to Katie Johnson and having to deal with the suspension this week, how did that sort of change the mentality, if at all, going to this week? Like the top line this year? Um, honestly, I think it just made us have a chip on our shoulder. <laughs> it's plain and simple. I think you saw that tonight we came out and, um, you know, it kind of made us play better, so cheers to the ref. What happened? Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> what what happened with the clearance when you fell down and the injury? It was actually Gilly, so uh got to get that, her back at training. But um, <laughs> no, it was just one of those ones. We both, I went to head it, she went to clear it, and she just grazed the top of my head. 
Um, bit of an egg, but <laughs> looks good. Looks like I play like you know tough sport. <laughs> you're the presence of mind to clear the ball, even though you're sitting back to the edge. So. Yeah, it's one of those ones that like it looks worse than it is. <laughs> are, you, are you freaking out on every little injury of the World Cup coming up? Like, oh, please stay healthy, or does that come to your mind at all? Uh, I think I've done my fair share of injuries, so. Um, <laughs> Look, obviously it's in the back of your mind and you're a little bit wary, but I feel like when you play um, cautious, that's when you get injured. So for me, it's just been, um, you know, playing as normal. Um, maybe at training I go a little bit softer when I see someone flying in, but in the game there's no holding back, really. What have you thought about Michelle's play this year? Yeah, Michelle's been really good for us, obviously. Last year was a rookie year. Um, I said last time I'm home, people forget, you know, she had a baby eight months before she came back. So she was finding her legs all last season. Um, she's been great off the bench for us and then today earning the starting spot, so I'm happy for her. She scored. Um, she could have had another one there, but she's creating chances and that's what you ask for forwards. And um, yeah, she's already had a better year this year than probably last year, so good for her and um, yeah, happy for her.